Hey guys, Alana Terry here, and you are listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. I'm here with my great friend and the co-host of the Praying Christian Women Podcast, Jamie Hampton. How are things going, Jamie? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you? They are good. So we're recording this on Good Friday. We are still isolated, as I'm going to guess everybody listening is, and still will be when this episode airs. But Jamie just did me an amazing favor and gave my newest book, or my almost ready-to-be-published book, Save Me Once, a kind of final eye read-through, and has agreed to kind of record this teaser episode with me. So thank you, first of all, because I know that, um, yeah, it's, it's huge that you're helping me out this way. And I love kind of hearing your feedback after you've read things of mine. Well, I like it too. And it doesn't feel like work because it's I'm so glad. enjoyable. I don't read a lot of fiction outside uh-huh. of doing this. And I just, it's so much fun. I love it. Well, I am glad. So um, let's assume, since I haven't made any public announcements yet, let's assume that nobody has heard about Save Me Once yet. And this is the very first time they are hearing about it. So we're going to keep this episode spoiler free. Jamie and I often will record after shows where we kind of dive into the story, but this book is not yet available on audiobooks. So we're doing a teaser episode right now. Tell me just some of your initial knee-jerk thoughts after having read this my knee-jerk thoughts were it was it it definitely had some similar themes to blessing on the run which Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at one point one character i had to stop and think is that blessing but it wasn't it was someone else and the timeline didn't work out but um can i name the character i know we're not doing spoilers but there's Mm -hmm. a character Mm -hmm. named precious Mm -hmm. and uh, she, oh, I would have never even thought about that as maybe being blessing. That would have been a really had, cool Easter egg. Well, mm-hmm. but she couldn't have been because of the yeah, timing. The timeline would have been wrong, but that, yeah. that's so funny that you, like, I don't think it, that even came into my head writing yeah, it. But she totally, had, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah so kind of attitude and yeah. yeah. So, oh, I mean, goodness. for those that don't know or haven't heard of it, it does deal with sex trafficking, which is mm-hmm. a very heavy topic, but I thought, you did a great job of making it deep and powerful and grave as it is as a subject without going to the point where it was disturbing. And you did right, a really right. good job of balancing that. So anyone, you know, obviously you even have a disclaimer in there. If anyone is, you know, feels like that would be a triggering topic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. be aware, but it is a great book and it's very well done and very, um, what I came away with was I'm sure what all of your books end up doing and, and what you intend for them to do is just passionate about praying for mm-hmm. women, young women, young girls, young boys yeah. that are in caught in sex trafficking and also um, just, you know, advocacy and, and learning more about it and getting more involved because it puts a face and a name to one of many. And we talk on the Praying Christian Women podcast a lot about imagination and even Christian fiction can help your prayer life because you can imagine around what one person in the situation that you're praying for might be going through. And that's exactly what it did for me was it helped me do that. Yeah. Kind of the idea of the avatar, you know, that Becky, the main character in this book and the victim is not a real person, but she represents 
many, many, many people. So it's interesting. Like I started this book over a year ago. If I remember right, I started this in like the very beginning of 2019. And it took me a long time in the writing stage and the editing stage. Like this was not a book that came easily. Like some books just happen really, really, really fast. And those are always super fun. But this was kind of like a pulling teeth book to write. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And some of it has to do with just the heavy subject matter. But honestly, some of it had to do with the fact that like there's multiple characters and multiple storylines. So you get Becky's point of view and she's the teen girl. And then her mother is a pretty big character. And then you also have the detective and his wife who are um, very much involved. So the detective's working on the case. His wife his, what, is a teacher at Becky's school. So it was almost hard for me when I was making the description for the book, you know, like what you put on the back cover. Like it was hard for me to even know, well, do I talk about Becky the girl? Do I talk about Margaret the mom? Do I talk about the detective and his wife? It was, so that made it a little bit difficult to write, very difficult to write also. Well, and it does. I loved I loved the way that it did bring out, it's not just about sex trafficking. You've got that aspect of it. It's also about praying for an unsaved spouse and navigating a relationship when your husband is not on board with your faith or you're not equally yoked um, and the struggles in that. And, you know, I just, I really liked all of the themes and I can imagine writing Becky's voice would have been difficult. I mean, writing someone like Kennedy, who's, you know, yeah, she's less mature in terms of she's not a a mom with kids, but you can write that voice probably more easily than you can. Like, here's Becky. She's 13. Is she 13? Yes. Yeah. She just finished what? So 14. So she's probably 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's Becky who's 14. And I really loved the voice that you gave her. And I, especially Wung is one of my favorite characters. I know he's one of yours too. Uh And so I loved hearing about Wung from her perspective. From her point of heard, view, yeah. We've heard about little Becky and his crush on her yep. from his perspective. Yeah. That was neat hearing about him through her eyes. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun thing to write. I'm, I feel really thankful. One of my editors has two teens who are really good at reading, but also really up on just, you know, teen stuff. And so she gave me a couple pointers like, yeah, people don't really use this word anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know. I haven't been a teen in half of my lifetime, you know, <laughs> over half of my lifetime. That's so, really yeah. good. Yeah. But it was fun too, in a way, because she is so just like perky and optimistic. It almost makes it feel, it feels easier to write. Similarly, like when I wrote Woong. So Woong is introduced in the book, Flower Swallow. And his story is all about growing up in North Korea during the famine and eventually getting adopted in the States. Like he had a rough, rough life, but he's got such a kind of spunky Huckleberry Finn type personality that it reads easier than it would be if it was like Eeyore writing. And I kind of feel the same with Becky. And honestly, like parts of writing in her voice just broke my heart. But parts of it were kind of fun too, because, you know, she's a survivor. She is strong. Um, To be totally honest, like I'm past my mid-30s and I'm not as strong as this little 14-year-old is, just in terms of what she went through and how positive she was able to remain. 
And I think some of that is because she was naive. Like she didn't realize for a very long time that she was even being victimized. And yes, that's the part that broke my heart, but it also in a way kind of protected her from some of the horror. Like basically she remains in love with the guy who did this to her all the way through to just about the end of the book, you know, and well, it's and heartbreaking. Even, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even, yeah, even, and not, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that even when she comes to realize what mm-hmm. he's doing, she makes excuses for him like, well, but I still don't want to see bad stuff happen to him, you know? And so yeah. I thought that was very, um, realistic, you know, I thought that was very, a very realistic portrayal of how someone might respond. Yeah. If you do hear banging in the background, oh, I'm still working on your roof. <laughs> yes. Our roof is being worked on. So I'm trying to mute in between just in case. Cause it's a little, it's That's a little, funny. yeah, but yeah, I just, um, I thought, I thought her voice and like you said, I mean, it reminded me kind of, um, of life is beautiful in a way that mm-hmm. she as a naive Mm, right was able to see these things and these experiences like whereas I'm looking at it as how could you and I would break even (laughs) how could you even but she was like well you know just he loves me it's gonna be okay this is what it is and and let me look to the future or I can pretend that you know anyway it, it was it was like you said heartbreaking now one of my from a prayer perspective one of my absolute favorite moments of the book evoked the same kinds of emotions in a different way as when I read maybe my favorite book, which was Torn Torn Asunder. Asunder. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when she's, okay, so in Torn Asunder, when Hannah is facing death, uh, like she's about to be executed. Mm -hmm. And there's this moment where you hear her internal monologue and she's just like so powerfully in tune with the Holy Spirit. She's ready to be a martyr, knowing like with no doubt Mm -hmm. that she's going on to glory. And Mm -hmm. you get these emotions of of like, you're caught up in the spirit. And in this, when Drisclay's wife, why can't I remember? Carolyn. 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 Drisclay's wife is... Uh, is praying fervently mm-hmm. for Becky. Yeah. And you, and, and it's like a turning point in her prayer life where she goes, yeah. cause you hear her prayers before that, where she says, you know, just God do this, do that. But right, she right. feels like she has tapped into the Holy spirit and is being mm-hmm. given what to pray by the Holy spirit. Yeah. And that is a powerful, I loved that sequence. Those are some of my favorite scenes to write are just, you know, those powerful scenes of prayer. Or I know Grandma Lucy, she's not in this book, but she's a character who appears in a lot of my books. And whenever she prays, you know, like I really do feel like, yes, this is a fictional character, but this is actually a prayer that is, you know, being sent up to heaven. Um, You know, so going back, you mentioned that one of the side plots or subplots is the fact, um, the relationship between the detective and his wife. And she's a Christian. He isn't, there's this whole dynamic thing going on there at a marriage conference of all places. And he absolutely doesn't want to be there. Um, interestingly that it's you and me having this conversation because this ties into praying Christian women. So basically when I was writing this book, I wanted to do some research about the struggles that a Christian wife faces when she's married to a non-Christian, which is what led me to the book. Do you remember the name of the book? Um, oh, Surviving, spiritual yes. mismatch. Surviving a Spiritual Mismatch. Yes. Yeah. By Lee and Leslie Strobel. He's a Christian apolog- 
apologeticist, well known for like the Case of Christ books in those series, and his wife was saved before he was. And so they wrote a book talking about, you know, really it's by both of them, but really it's her story about having an unbelieving spouse and encouragement for Christians who are married to unbelievers. So I actually, I read that book as a way to research the Mr. and Mrs. Driscoll. And um, as a result, I told you like, you've got to read this book. And you ended up reaching out to the Strobels and got to interview Leslie on the Praying Christian Women podcast. So we're bringing this all full circle. That's funny because that book, I thought of that book multiple times as I was yeah, reading yeah. your book. It just brought back, you know, some of the, some of the things that she struggled with. I love yeah. that. I do that a lot with memoir. It's one of my favorite ways to research different things because, you know, people say, write what you know, write based on your own experience. But I'm up to like 40 novels. I can't base every single one of those on just things that I've gone through. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I read a lot of memoir in order to kind of get the... Um, the day-to-day, -day, like, what is this truly like? Like, I did the same thing with What Dreams May Come. That's the book that we just finished on the Unabridged Christian Fiction Podcast. And one of the things going on in that is that it's an adult sister who has a um, disabled sibling who can't live on her own. And so now that their, their mother has passed, Susanna has to take care of her sister with cerebral palsy. I don't know what that's like. I know what it's like to raise a special needs baby, but I don't know what it's like to be an adult sibling taking care. And so, you know, I reached out and found some memoirs exactly about that. So it's really, really useful. Um, so if anybody listening thinks they have a memoir inside them, <laughs> go ahead and write it because it is for sure really helpful. And even I've been thinking about this now, like we're recording this in the midst of the pandemic. We're like officially on our family's four week anniversary of being hunkered down now. And I'm thinking a lot about memoirs I read about people who have gone through hard things and it really does help put things into perspective and to realize, you know what, people go through hard things and people overcome hard things and life continues even in the midst of hard things. Well, even Becky mentions reading the diary of Anne Frank and that helped her mm -hmm. some of the things she was going through, you know, so it can... Yeah, she, yeah, she's like, well, I, yeah, I mean, there could be worse things than what I'm going through. I mean, hello, mm -hmm. I read the diary of Anne Frank. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty neat. No, I, and I, well, back to the book about the disabled sister. I can't remember. The uh -huh. name. What dreams may come. What yeah. Dreams may come. Um, you wrote Kitty so well. I love that. I was thinking, and I think I even asked you, did you, have you had experience with mm -hmm. a caring for someone with cerebral palsy? Because, um, because I felt like the description. <laughs> and there's my kitty barking. <laughs> there's Kitty. Oh, I've been meaning, I've been meaning to ask you, is Kitty named after your character, Kitty? It's very possible. Um, what's really funny is the very first time. Okay. Come on, Kitty. Sorry, she's hearing something in the driveway. The very first time, so I wrote What Dreams May Come, and there's a scene where Susanna walks home, and I forget if she asks her mom or her mom asks her, did you feed Kitty? And I had two people make a comment, like early readers, and like, yeah, I wasn't sure if Kitty was a pet. So, like, so it kind of threw me off. Yes, we have a dog named Kitty. To be totally honest, I don't remember if that's why. Do you know what? I don't think... I think that book was written before we got our pet kitty. So, no, 
Kitty from the book was not named after Kitty the dog. And no, Kitty I was thinking dog, Kitty the dog a, named. Kitty the dog was named after a character in Anna Karenina, um, okay. who has a really, really long Russian name and is nicknamed Kitty. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, that's what that is. But anyway, we're going to be recording the after show, so maybe we can wrap this one up and just let people know save me once is now available at least in ebook format the audiobook it's probably going to come out later on in the summer so not available quite yet but when it does come out i'll be sure to let you know and thank you jamie for the teaser episode now we get to jump on and record the after show which isn't going to air for a while until we get the audiobook but thanks again and if people are interested in the book they can look up save me once by Alana Terry and we'll talk to you guys soon.